the world full of mundane podcasts. One show rises from the ashes. Critics are calling it outrageous. Podcasts as we know it will never be the same again. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Welcome to the show tonight. Prepare for an epic journey where every step could be your last. The destination, a place where no maps can show. The mission, to rise above the rest. The danger, unimaginable. The reward, a shit ton of weed and laughs. It's going to blow your mind. This is to be blood. So sit back, turn up the volume, grab your weed, get ready to light those blood. Next Gen Sports Network, and of course the Partycast Network, where the fun starts here, and we are powered by Fast Track Cannabis Clinics of America, Costa Bay Inspection Services, and Alarm Engineers Inc. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight is going to be absolutely legendary because we have all the way from the Emerald Triangle. Some of the most legendary growers, if not the most in the area. I'm talking about Swami and Nikki live right here, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Do not go anywhere. You are not going to want to miss this. If you grow weed and you ain't watching this fucking show today, I don't know what you're doing. This is legends. Legendary. I can't absolutely wait. We're going to also debut the brand new championship, baby. The championship. We give away t-shirts. We give away prizes and shit, but we don't have a championship. But now, now we have an official 2B Blood Championship that we're going to unveil tonight. And it's going to go down. We got so much to talk about, so much to do. I am pumped. We took last week off, so you already know I'm ready to go for this. I'm seeing the chats popping off right now. If you're on Instagram, I can't 
honestly tell you anymore that you should probably switch over to Twitch or YouTube so you can watch the full show in its entirety and get the full experience because you'll be missing out. Shout out Gadget Girls, Lucy, Rome, and Hazel Days, The Road to Positively Unstoppable, The Dan Lovely Show in the house, everybody on Instagram, I see y'all, it's about to go down, you already know, it's 2B Blood. And we about to go down, I am, I'm literally so excited, but I am also so nervous and I don't know why I've interviewed tons of people over the past 130 episodes It's 131 right now 131 episodes of to be blunt as of this episode I've, I've interviewed all kinds of people but never have I ever been accompanied by such legendary members of the cannabis community so I am so pumped for this but yes a little bit nervous so what do we do to calm the nerves? I think you already know. First things first, it's time for the ceremonial lighting of the blunt. What up, Classic Chris? I see you in the house. We are going to spark up. I got the King Pom, official sponsor of To Be Blunt, loaded with some locally grown organic G. M-O, one of my favorite strains. Absolutely, 100%. One of my top strains. So, you already know the deal. Grab your weed, grab your concentrates, your cannabis, your, your, your edibles, whatever it is that you might be down with, and smoke it if you got it. I love this part of the show. My favorite part. It's always the lighting of the blood. <laughs> Man, there's really nothing like some GMO. Literally one of my favorite strains. I don't know what it is about it. It's so gassy, the terpenes and the flavor, the smell. It's the total package in my book. And of course, phone lines are open, 860-384-7110. That's 860-384-7110. Feel free to call in at any point in the show. Take a hit with us, ask some questions. Bullshit, you already know the deal. We got the big July 4th Independence Day weekend going down. Now... Normally, at this point in time, after we light the L, I'd be going over the weekly cannabis events happening in Connecticut, but uh, To Be Blunt has chosen to no longer do this, uh, only for the safety of everyone involved. Uh, as you guys know, the last show we did was the followed by the big raid on PVS, and we had the big panel in here, which was absolutely amazing for the whole state. We had people from all sides of the industry uh, in here sharing one screen at one cause, and it was absolutely amazing. So coming off that, it was kind of a crazy week, and I got to tell you, it hasn't stopped since then. It's, it's kind of been a little controversial in Connecticut. I'm not even going to lie. Ever since the raid had happened, I think everybody's real suspect of each other. And that's really honestly terrible to hear that we're having so much diversity. Do some people, you know, more than others? Yes. 
I don't know what's going on right now. We got bad actors. We got good actors. We got a lot of things happening. But here's what I know. Here's what I know. Right? This It ain't going to get better, right, unless it starts with us. So we got to come together as a community. We have the, the rally this uh, Wednesday, I want to say, July 6th at the courthouse in Middletown for the people who had gotten um, arrested and whatnot. We're trying to get everyone together and give them support. So if you're going to be there, come down to the rally. More info on my Facebook page for To Be Blunt if you want to know more about that. We already did that one, my bad. So make sure you guys tune in. And if you can, show up, show some support. Too much, too much negativity. We got to burn and keep the positive vibes. That's what we do. That's what we got to do. Right? Am I right? If you disagree or agree, call in 860-384-7110. That's 860-384-7110. If you have any comment on this. I mean, this is just my opinion. So, oh, it's 420 Cali time. 420 Cali time, according to Hazel. So, uh, we already know what we have to do then. We got to get up and smoke again. Don't stop. (laughs) Which also seems like a good time to debut. The 2B Blood Championship, which I've been dying to show you guys. Allow me. Oh my God. (laughs) It's so heavy. (laughs) Woo. Y'all gotta check this out. We're going to hang this up in the studio until someone wins this thing. Look at this. The 2B Blood Championship. Complete with uh, cannabis leaves all over it. Awesome design for uh, the Instagram, too. That's right. For the champion. The championship. Right here on the show. This is going to be the staple. If you are the man, then you're going to hold this. Not just the man in general. I don't mean like man, like men, but you know what I mean? To be the man, you got to beat the man, woman or man. This is it. Smoked out championship. 20 pounds of gold. So I'm really excited about, by the way. Gonna go great in the studio. Shut up and take my money. Hazel, listen, you're technically still the only undefeated of champions. Okay? Let's not forget that you laugh, you lose contests where you went four weeks and have yet to be defeated. So technically. 
it's so, that's better than any strap PWA used to have. I bet you it's, it's better than most straps for the independent companies in Connecticut, period. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that's because it was made by Heel Shit Design. Shout out my man Alex from Heel Shit Design, and he just did an amazing job on that thing. And I feel like it was proper for the show to have its own championship. So when we do these games, we could change out the little nameplate, hang it up on the wall, and you're going to be, you know, chilling right there with your name on the whole thing. So it's going to be dope. Dope. The games are about to change up in here. You know how we do when we do giveaways. I don't I don't half-ass anything on the show. Whether it's you, you laugh, you lose, or we are fucking, uh, you know, the stoner spelling bee, words with weed, or Craigslist prices, right? We go all in when we do these games. So I really felt like, on top of giving away these prizes, that we should probably have something that could, uh, you know, promote the, the, the winner. So we'll be able to display the championship with your name on it. And you'll be hanging on the wall in the new studio when uh, when I get in there at the end of the month because I close it on my house next week. Thank God, because let me tell you, uh, nothing nothing more stressful for a stoner than house hunting and, and buying a house. That shit sucks. That shit sucks. I've literally been a hot mess. Hot mess trying to get that thing done. So we're going to be closing out, I think, next week. Once we close a month later, we're going to be in the new, brand new, brand new 2B Blood Studio. Which I'm super excited for because it's been a long time coming. <laughs> you heard of technically it's my belt right now. Technically, yes, it is, Hazel. <laughs> technically, it is. We are six minutes away from our guests for the evening. Joining us, Swami and Nikki of Swami Select. Uh, tell a friend, local growers, you all should be sitting in on this one because this is going to be uh, a very, very, very interesting evening and conversation with two of the best to do it in, in the form of Nikki and Swami. So I got to tell you, I talked to Nikki a few times. I'm super excited to have them on. <coughs> that shit got me coughing like a buffer. <coughs> oh, God. Woo, that GMO got me hit. <laughs> I'm real excited. And leading up to this, you know, I've, I've we've been doing our homework here at 2B Blood and watching all the, the the Swami videos on YouTube. And I watched I watched Swami had a, like a video from his 75th uh, birthday thing where he had like a joint that was like 12 feet fucking long. I swear to God, and he's just up on this stage blowing this thing down. Gotta check it out. I'll, I'll share. I'll share the video to our social media page after the show, because uh, it's a sight to see. Uh, the, there's no messing around when it comes to cannabis and this this van, apparently. Because I looked at that thing and I was like, "Oh wow!" <laughs> but <laughs> ripping it like a chip. You guys don't want to miss this. Wow, that actually came out right at the end there, just like that on purpose. You do not want to miss this, so. I'm trying to give y'all the heads up. Yeah, dude. See, the comments already know. I see my man, Dan. He's already know. Swami has that effect. I got to chat with him once and I got starstruck. Oh, really, George? Really? Call in and tell us more. I want to hear more about this conversation you had with uh, Swami. You got to meet him. 
That's fucking dope. 860-384-7110. Dan, left, levelly, levelly. Oh, I'm never going to get it right, bro. My bad. Slami, he knows. He knows. He knows. Everybody's fired up about it. The chat's popping. Instagram's super popping, which I'm also very excited about. So what we're going to do. Hazy Days 86, what up, what up? Blowing a 12-foot long one. Dude, I swear to God, I'm not even playing this around. You got to look it up. It's on YouTube. Swami's 75th uh, birthday celebration or something. It's incredible. You got to watch it. Yes. Oh, your, your throat's fucked from COVID. Can't call, bro. My bad, bro. You got COVID right now? I thought that COVID was over. People still getting that thing? I didn't think that was something that we do anymore. That's funny. No, I'm, no, I'm only kidding, y'all. Hope you feel better, bro. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Nikki and Swami from Swami Selects. Don't go anywhere. It's the highest podcast around to be blunt. Did I really just forget that melody? <laughs> when I pack bowls, everyone smell me. Just a little bit of bomb weed makes me feel good. You know I love the way that loud pack going just hits me. So I get another bag and I'm rolling that wood. Can't stop talking, I'm like blah, 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 blah. I got your bitch singing la da da la da da I'm in the ghetto, I'm like ratata, ratata. The whole crew smoking la la la, la la la. My THC is the highest score, they wonder how. On top. When, when I pack bowls, everyone smell me. Just a little bit of bomb weed makes me feel good. You know I love the way that loud pack going just hits me. So I get another bag and I'm rolling that wood. Can't stop talking. I'm like blah 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 blah. I got your bitch singing la da da la da da. I'm in the ghetto. I'm like ratata ratata. The whole crew smoking la 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 la. Now I'm feeling zooted, woo Popped another out in public Watch me try to keep my cool Heart is racing, but my body It don't even want to move Hey, ha, hey ha. When I pack bowls, everyone smell me Just a little bit of bomb weed Makes me feel good You know I love the way that loud pack going Just hits me So I get another bag And I'm rolling that wood Can't stop talking, I'm like blah, blah, blah Blah, blah, blah. I got your bitch singing la da da, la da da. I'm in the ghetto, I'm like ratata, ratata. The whole crew smoking la la la, la la loud. Guaranteed to give you the munchies. It's to be blunt with Peasy. 
To be blunt, we are back. Are you guys ready for this? Uh, are you ready for this? That's the question. It's going down. I can't wait. We have huge, huge, huge guests. If you're just tuning in. All the way from the Emerald Triangle. Two of the most legendary to come out the area. I am so privileged to welcome my guest for this evening, Nikki and Swami. Welcome to the show. I appreciate you guys coming on. Well, we really appreciate being invited to come on. Yeah, PZ, you got some great, great energy going there. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate but listen, that whole big buildup, I'm starting to feel nervous about being on your show, man. <laughs> it's like, you know, well, <laughs> I'm not used to that kind of buildup, tell you the truth. I, I'm a man of your stature. You should be getting that kind of buildup every time you walk into the room. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, mostly I just smoke joints, you know, I, I, I just think I'm a regular guy, but I mean, I'm just working hard like everybody else. You know, we really, we still work really hard to make this thing go. Oh, of course. I, of course. I mean, you have to, but let me tell you, I mean, out on the East coast, this isn't very common thing to have you guys out here. And especially on a show right now, this is a, a very, very highly watched show in new England. And I gotta tell you, there's a lot of growers who watch this show. Uh, we've had a lot of growers on okay. the show. So I was really excited to have you guys on, especially because I mean, and let's be honest, your your product is some of the best that come out of the Emerald Triangle, which is pretty much the home of cannabis. Yeah, Thank you. Is. Thank you very much. Listen, I, I want to say just something. You, you're, co you're coming from Middletown. Is that where you guys are? Middletown, Connecticut. Connecticut? Yep. Well, you know what? <laughs> I went to Wesleyan. No I lived shit. in Middletown for four years. No yes, fucking absolutely. way. No I'm, way. I'm coming to half of a homeboy. Right. So uh, I graduated in 1965. That's uh, my kind of ancient history, you know. But uh, Wesleyan was always one of those places where uh, different things happened. You know, I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff. There's a counterculture at Wesleyan that uh, I guess I'm part of. And so anyway, it was all boys when he was there. Yeah. Anyway, I it was an all boys school back then. For reasons. <laughs> I can't believe that we're basically like, yeah, we're like neighbors at this point. You you went to Wesleyan. I mean, that counterculture still exists today. Believe it or yeah. not. All right. They are yeah. still kind of branded like that. Like they're, you know, alternative. Like it's very, very, very much like that. And um, I feel like that's been that way for years. It's never changed. And that's just kind of been what Wesleyan was always known to be. You know what I mean? And I find this now fascinating yeah. that you really were here for four years in this town. Incredible. See, that's yeah. what I mean. That's like when you, it's like meant to be, you know, when the, the, the universe calls it upon yeah, right. it, you know, and yeah, then yeah, here yeah. we are. So it's a great school. You know, I really learned a lot there. It really made, it really opened up my brain to, to the rest of the world and all sorts of other things. So it's a really great school. I got to ask, what'd you go for? Go there. What you but he did not study how to grow weed. No, actually at Wesleyan, I studied, my major was German literature. <laughs> right. German literature? 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How did we go from studying yeah. German literature at a, at a pre- prestigious school uh, like, such as Wesleyan to being a top yeah. cultivator in literally the entire U.S.? How that's such well, a see, stretch. I also studied. Uh, I studied religion. I studied theology and so on, and that's kind of what led me to India. And, you know, and then also well, the, plus you were a hippie and there was the, the county culture, <laughs> the counterculture let yeah. me to be a hippie and say, because I got to San Francisco in the summer of love in 1967. And then Nikki was already there because she was born there. Oh, okay. Right. And uh, I actually had a studio on Hate Street for a while uh, where I did light shows uh, at the family dog on the great highway. So, yeah, I, I was doing that sort of uh, hippie. And of course, that's when we smoked a lot of dope and. I have to admit, I've, I probably did more than my share of LSD, too, and, uh, and stuff like <laughs> yes. that, you know, mushrooms. So, but, it, you know, it was what we did in those days, and it was a creative exploration of uh, your psychic space. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What, wait, do you, wait. what do you mean, those days? <laughs> <laughs> it's, not over. it's not over. I was just going to ask. I mean, do you, I, mean I, like, I, I, I love I love microdosing when it comes to shrooms. I firmly believe in yeah. it. I've, I feel like it's replaced my anxiety medication that I was taking on a daily right. basis that now, you know, I had a cousin who works in the cannabis industry and he kind of recommended me trying, like they have, you know, like pills you could almost get that are like ground up mushrooms and you take like a 0.5 or whatever it is, a microdose. Oh, yeah. And oh, that's mushroom gummies now. Mushroom yeah. gummies? Yeah, we just saw a package. That's a first. I've known mushroom <laughs> chocolates, but I've never heard of mushroom gummies before. That's awesome. <laughs> we don't have that kind of stuff in Connecticut. It's not It's not as cool here as it is out there. Let me tell you. <laughs> We're struggling uh, right now. We're struggling. I want to go back just a little bit. Well, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Nikki. Oh, I was just going to say, I can't wait till it's federally legal and we can get Swami Select back to you guys just in the mail. Yes, you know? exactly. Exactly. I mean, hell, they legalize it here. Uh, just uh, a year ago, and they're already shutting right. down like the cannabis parties that are happening in the state because the state's trying to get their share of the money. You guys probably already went through all this. Uh, you know what I mean? So like we're going through a lot of hard times with the time where we should be celebrating the legality of it and being able to have access to the plants actually worse now than it was before, <laughs> which is yes, incredible to say. So I want to go back just a little bit. You guys said you went to San Francisco in 67 and then you met Nikki and then you went, what, what made you at that point leave for India? Nikki, did you go with him? Oh yeah. Well, I'd already been in India. We, we actually met in 1969, but I was only 14 at the time. And we were just part of a whole big hippie commune sort of thing. Cause I grew up in San Francisco. I was living there. Okay. And, um, and so I knew him and his, old lady, as we used to call your girlfriend back then, you know, <laughs> can't say he that now. With his old lady and his baby. And, um, uh, and I was just like this young Catholic school girl, actually, that hung out with the hippies. And then we, we met um, in 1980 after, you know, we kind of always knew each other, but sort of really got together in 1980, became a couple. And, and actually we didn't go to India. I'd already been to India. I'd gone overland, done the whole hippie trail thing myself. He had done it on his own separately. It's one of the things that brought us together. We both understood that. That's beautiful. And then we didn't go to India together till 1986. Um, I was, I worked as a journalist at the San Francisco Chronicle and Swami was a, he wasn't Swami then he was William. And he was, um, he was an artist. He was a hippie artist that smokes a lot of weed. And I was, <laughs> It smoked a lot of weed 
and sold a lot of weed actually too. And, and so we were in the, I mean, I consider myself in the cannabis business since I was 14 when I sold my first lid. I mean, at this point, it. once you're in, you're in, right? I mean, once you, that's, yeah, right. you do, once you do your first one, I mean, that's it. You're part of it. You're part of it now. Like you're in, you're in, you're exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah. In, yeah. In so India. I first went to India when I was working on a movie that uh, a fraternity brother from Wesleyan was producing and we were filming all these different holy men. Uh, uh, Swami Satchidananda, Yogi Bhajan, all these guys. And wow. so we filmed as they, as they were teaching here. And then, then we went to India to find their teachers. So, uh, you know, we, I was in Israel and then Iran uh, and then uh, to uh, India and Nepal. And then a year later, I went back and did it overland. I flew to England and then basically went overland all the way through Afghanistan, Iran, places you can't go anymore, right? Wow, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. it's just it's impossible to do that trip any longer. And those of us who kind of did it are, are kind of relics anymore because there ain't many of us left. But it was a total experience, a completely mind boggling. And then to hang out with the Babas and so on in India. And that's I was doing yoga at the time, too. So that was a major. And they all smoked uh, hash or charas, right? The, not all of them, but most all of them smoked charas. So that's what I was going to ask. Like, what was the cannabis culture like out there? You're a big avid smoker. You go all the way to India. Not knowing if you were going to be able to find, you know, cannabis and, you know, just taking the whim yeah. out there. What was the culture like out there? Did you learn a lot about cannabis out there? Take that knowledge back. How'd yeah, that work well, out? Their weed's no good, actually, just smoking flour. <laughs> they really, they don't grow sense. Yeah. They don't really know how to grow good weed because they don't care. They want the seeds. They use the seeds for protein and other things. And then they're just making hash out of it. So when they're making hash out of it, they don't need to have fancy flowers, right? And uh, so when we're in India, we basically smoke a lot of weed and you can though you use the, the, no, we don't smoke weed. We I smoke, mean, not smoke, smoke hash, hash, smoke a lot of hash and use the, the flower that you can find, which is, looks like old Mexican kind of rag, you Oof. know, um, but it, it cooks up. Well, I was making edibles. They were still super stony. Because, you know, you, okay. you heat it up, it's still going to get yeah, you just high. But, yeah, so I was just thinking about the first time I had cannabis in India, and that was uh, my first trip. I think it was 1971, 70, and I'm there with a the film crew, and uh, we're at this hotel, and we're gonna, I'm supposed to film this dancer, this Indian dancer, Bharatanatyam, a famous dancer, right? So I'm in the dressing room with her whole crew and her musicians and so on, and they say, well, why don't you try some of this bong? And I say, sure, what is it? It's always oh, just cannabis and so on. But they make that from the leaves. They make a, you know, it's like, uh, so I had this edible just before I went on to uh, film this woman. And I am just blasted out from this <laughs> thing because I'd never had an, really an edible before, right? But that's, it, it was a drink with cannabis in it like a smoothie. And that's the most oldest traditional uh, way that cannabis was used as, as an entheogen as to get you high in India. It was almost always done as a drink. Uh, like we call it a sacred libation. Wow. Right. And so that was smoking. They didn't have cigarette papers and so on. But yeah. It's, oh, and I just got so high. I got beautiful shots. But she turned into a goddess. I she danced in front of me, and, I, and it was just spectacular. That's an amazing story. Amazing story. <coughs> I I almost thought that maybe you like you had learned a lot about cannabis being out there. So where where did the skills come from then for for being a cultivator? Like where did these where did these come from? If you're not, if you 
German literature, right? And then from there, from there, you know, big hippie life out in San Francisco, summer of love, you're loving life, you're smoking a lot of weed, you go to India, you're smoking a lot of hash, but where does the growing come in? Like, where did you get the skills to become so legendary is the well, word I um, use. Okay. Sort of in between there, um, uh, I... Uh, well, I went to South America and lived in South America for a while, too. But uh, see, the thing is, my, what, what I know about farming comes from the fact that my uh, my aunts and uncles had dairy farms uh, just near the on the Hudson, not far from the Connecticut border uh, in uh, near Poughkeepsie and uh, Sharon, Connecticut, over in that area. Yep. And they had farms there. And I used to my brother and I we used to go there every summer. And when we were teenagers and we'd work on the farm. And we'd help milk the cows and we'd bale the hay and we'd bag the oats and do all those things. And then, you know, hit the, go hit the lake in the afternoon. But, you know, we really worked really hard. So I got to know what farm life was all about, right? Right. But uh, starting to grow cannabis, the first crop I grew cannabis was actually right in San Francisco in North Beach, about 200 yards from Coit Tower, if you know where that is. And I could see the Bank of America and the Transamerica from my garden. And I grew 13 plants there. That was 1977. That was 1977. But you know what? I I literally had this book. And a friend of mine was growing already. But this book, it had a picture of what the plant looked like every three days. Just picture after picture after picture. So you could just, and then it would tell what to do, how to feed it, and so on. But I have to confess to all the other growers out there, I always say this. I, I didn't know you had to feed your plants. So someone said you better feed it. And so I got miracle grow. So literally oh, saying God. my first crop I ever grew was with miracle grow. Now I've gone way, way, way beyond that now. Uh, and I'm not uh, saying anybody should do it. But for me, the revelation was that, that, that actually you had to feed the plants. Right. But I always sort of had, had a way to do it. And see the other part about the, the cultivation for, for, for us is that uh, in India, we, we got the blessing of, of a goddess, Sri Mukambika. And so the plant is a goddess. And then we realized that there was a goddess of Ganja, Ganja Ma, right? Ganja and Ma. so basically, Ganja Ma, mother, Ma is mother goddess and Ganja is cannabis in Sanskrit. Okay. And so she's the goddess of cannabis. So we put our seeds in front of her at her lap. In the, in, 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 the fall, in the springtime, and then we have water from the sacred Ganges River, and we put that and so on. We do these prayers and mantras and so on. So this is that she actually tells us what to do, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. And the fact that uh, if I listen, if I listen, it's like the message comes through. And uh, But see, the other thing, it's always a learning process for me. When I started growing up here, I did it organically just because that was my decision. But I just knew I had to use it. And then over time, uh, a lot of other growers started to say, well, there's a regenerative agriculture. That's the next level beyond organic, right? Uh, And so the idea with, uh, I mean, regenerative agriculture is something that we all strive for. And I have to say, there are a lot of people who know a lot more about it than I do. But the key idea with with, uh, regenerative farming is, you know, you have to give back in the way that you take out. And, but okay. you also want to create what we call closed loops. 
So like, you know, I have a, a, my, my water in my, for my garden comes from a rain catchment pond, right? We take our food scraps, we grow some food in the garden, our food scraps, uh, vegetables go into the compost and that can, then we have a worm bin. And so all the ingredients that go in are uh, natural or uh, ingredients that, and most of we try to get as many as we can from our own land. We have wood chips and yeah. all that sort of stuff, right? But we do put other amendments like, uh, like uh, sea kelp and alfalfa meal and things like that. And then I also do uh, straw mulch and we do a lot of wood chips and so on. So it's all this organic matter and all of it comes from really close around. It's like, you know, the guy up the hill has alpaca. So we have alpaca manure. So everything like is like creating a taste and a spirit and the, and the plant is talking back to us. And that's very interesting about that. You say that the plant talks back to this. I, I, I remember I was watching an interview from you and you talked about how the plant would tap you on your shoulders. You were walking by and I just thought that was right. so absolutely fascinating. Absolutely fascinating yeah. that you have this connection well, with these plants. One of the things that acid was teaching us and cannabis keeps reminding us of is that the consciousness there's no barriers. Consciousness is a continuum. And even the smallest little molecule has a consciousness. And everything in nature has a consciousness, a tree consciousness, a plant, and so on. And, and if you listen closely and stop your own inner chatter, you can hear there, not, not words so much, but you get communications into your, into your inner, inner, inner spirit. And that's what, you know, LSD and, and mushrooms open that up so that you're able to hear that, right? Absolutely. I feel like they do. Yeah. They open up your senses to a whole new level that you don't get without this stuff. I mean, I, 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 I can see where you're coming from with that. And that's really an amazing spiritual connection. And, and a lot of love goes into this labor. I mean, just the making of the compost and everything. My question here now, though, is that, you know, a lot of growers, because you grow outside, right, outdoor cannabis uh from seed that's like your whole thing a lot of growers will say well you know indoor is probably the best so what made you choose to do the outdoor as opposed to the indoor grow so so you know a lot of people might not realize that sun grown is definitely the best and and the original so you know this is sort of first of all how god intended right? You're growing it or, under the or full goddess. or goddess <laughs> intended under the full sun and moon and stars. But it's also, you know, up here in the Emerald Triangle back in the early seventies, late sixties, mostly early seventies, a lot of hippies left San Francisco and dropped out to live on the land. And they came up here because land was super cheap back then. And they could, you know, live a nice life in a funky little area. And wow, they grew really good weed. Who would expected that? So they started growing this world famous weed up here and figuring out about Centamia as opposed to the Mexican weed where south, south of the border weed we've been smoking with all those seeds in it for years. Oof. And so it was great. But then obviously, as we all know the history, the cops found us and started circling around in their damn helicopters, driving everyone crazy yep. and busting a lot of people. And so by the time the, um, you know, it must've been like late eighties, I guess, early nineties, 
late eighties that people started realizing, you know, what if we grew this hydroponically like they do inside for vegetables, it should work, right? So they started growing up here in these like tiny little cabins nestled under trees in the middle of, you know, really wooded hillsides where no one was gonna ever think to look for this little cabin. And they'd have a generator there was always spilling oil that was going down the hill into the creek. I mean, totally uncool and and noisy. And then the helicopters finally figured out that they could spot the heat sources. And so they were still busting people in the middle of the woods with their indoors. And so people said, well, what the hell? You know, I could do this anywhere. I don't have to be it's in this dump out here. <laughs> right. So they started taking it right and all over the cities and warehouses. Now people are obviously able to grow indoor and when they started doing that and growing it that way, they also discovered that they could really, you know, play God basically and mess with it. And so they were able to do things like really raise the THC and also really raise the crystal content on what the visual, what you look at. Right. So they ended up with this beautiful bud, gorgeous looking. that got you really, really high because it would have this super high THC. So as a sun-grown grower, <clears throat> I'm going to have to say that um, the problem with that is that you're missing out on all the other compounds that are available in cannabis, right? You're just like getting, if you're getting like, you know, 30 plus percent of THC and what you're smoking, you're missing out on 60%, all that other stuff that just could be so good, that is so good when you smoke sun-grown. And you're also, it's very, very difficult to grow indoor without chemicals and do it organically. Very hard. There are a few people that do. There's a, you know, I can probably count them on my hands, people that grow it from solar power or some sort of alternative energy. The okay. carbon footprint is absolutely huge. Um, you can tell I've talked about this before, I bet. Because <laughs> it really so gets me, you know. Though. It's like people really, and as a judge for the Emerald Cup, right? So in the last two years, we've done this for 18 years now. In the last two years, we had to judge um, indoor as well. It became as part of the package now. Oh. And this is a real challenge for us because we never smoke indoor. And honestly, it makes my heart race. It's It doesn't really agree with me very well. But, you know, we tested it out. And the good news is we did find that some of it was pretty good. The other thing, though, it kind of all looks the same, you know. So you get all this weed that has a lot of crystal. Yep. But even when you look under the microscope at it, because we do that with every bud, and it has this kind of smushed look. If you ever look at indoor through a microscope, you're going to see like all these crystals when you just look with your naked eye. But through the scope, you see that it's it's kind of like maybe it got too hot under the lights or something. That's what we could we were thinking. We don't know. But it looks like it's almost melted, the crystals, when you really look at it. And and that's kind of weird. And and the smell, it's just never going to have the same terpenes as outdoor sun grow. Never, ever, ever not happening. It's not going to be that real thing. And the, um, and even the taste, taste is interesting. Like, first of all, the smell, you open a jar of indoor and whoa, amazing. Okay. Leave that jar open for about a minute. And it's like, not so exciting. You open a jar of sun-grown, sun, that is just the sun holds that smell in there, that flavor in there. It does. The flavor's not nearly as strong on indoor. It doesn't last all the way through the joint either. Okay, that's my preach. <laughs> I said my piece. And, uh, you know, I feel like I don't love all you indoor growers. I get it. And there's places where you got to do it, and I get that too. We just happen to live in the best place in the world to grow it. But, you know, we're just lucky. So, you know, do what you got to do to get high. I get that. 
but sun grows better. So like for me, right, I'm like I've tried growing outdoor quite a few times and I always end up with an issue where like uh, come, you know, August, September, right at the end before harvest, I would end up with a infestation of caterpillars every year. Oh, Every year. I don't know where they would come from. It was like they fall off the trees or something. I have no clue that would happen. And it ruined all my crops. How do you guys get around these things? That Nature poses a lot of variables out there. I mean, you have not just wildlife, but you have, like you say, insects and all this stuff. How do you guys get around that to be able to grow this natural, amazing well, cannabis? Well, you don't really get around it. You, there always are issues. Uh, and that's just characteristic of all farming. But what, what we try and do is what we call... Uh, 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 integrated pest management, okay. integrated pest management. So the, one of the principles is that you uh, you have trap plants, right? And so those plants will attract the insects that if they don't have their favorite plant to go, they go on your plant, right? So there are all kinds of other uh, trap plants that, that are there. And then there's also um, that th there are also pests. And so if you got con one kind of pest, you get the, the other the other insect that eats that one. Right. So you find one that, that's a predator of your problem. And, and there are all sorts of other ones like there, you know, there are various kind of ladybirds and lace wings and then certain things are larvae and they go in the soil and so on. So there are all these different ways to use uh, other methods. Uh, you can mix up something with, say, cayenne pepper and, and garlic. And, and and water and, and soap and shake it up and pour it down the hole and that could chase some of the, the gophers and moles away, right? Wow, okay. So there's all these ways to do it. Uh, and, and you know what? Because we have the, the Google <laughs> online thing, you know, you can find out all this stuff really, really easy. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Apparently and ask, I'm not great you know, at Googling, man. <laughs> about cannabis, you know, and there's always things about, you know, I although I do want to say, when you asked about how I learned about growing, one of the great books that anyone grower out there should really owe it to themselves and to their plant to read uh, is a book that's called Teeming with Microbes by uh, Jeff Lowenfels. And then he's got another one called Teeming with Nutrients and a final one, Teeming with Fungi. And his work is based on Elaine Ingham and a lot of other really deep scientists, right? And so they find out that soil is alive and it's alive with microbial life and worms and all this kind of stuff, right? And so if you then go through that book, it's going to blow your mind because it'll tell you how the soil is alive and how everything is interrelated. There's a web and there's a hierarchy and all these things. And when you start realizing that the soil has bacteria and fungi and arthropods and uh, nematodes and acelias and flagellates and amoebas and, and like your whole biology class is in that soil, right? And what you want to do is keep that alive, right? And so there are many people who are putting this information out. And like I say, a lot of people know more about it than I do, uh, but it's also part of the closed loop thing, the regenerative, right? And, and so that's the reason. Uh, if you guys are, we got a phone call. If you don't mind taking a phone call. Oh, awesome. To be blunt, what's your name? Where are you calling from? It's Lou Rinaldi. Hey, what's going on, Lou? How's it going? We're doing great right now. You're live on the air with uh, Nikki and Swami. Well, first of all, thank you so much for doing the show, Peasy. And Nikki and Swami, thank you so much for being a part of it. It's an honor to speak with both of you. My question is around outdoor growing. Uh, I'm very, very much a novice in that regard. And my question is, if you were to try to pursue it, you know, around in New England, let's say, 
there's obviously some mm-hmm. factors you'd have to consider, like, you know, different, uh, different length of the season, you know, uh, Connecticut ranges, I think from a five B to a seven a in terms of, uh, climate zone and i think uh emerald triangle is what a zone nine um so it's you yeah. know things like that you know sandier soil maybe challenges uh uh related to the the length of the uh or length of the exposure things like that so without trying to answer my own question I, I, those are just sort of things that popped into my head but i'm curious to hear from someone who actually knows what they're talking about in that regard so thank you so much um let me just say one thing. You probably get more rain in the summer too, right? You get a lot of wetness. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's usually, a, I, I mean, I'd have to check and see what the average is, but I, I feel like we do get a decent amount. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking that might have something to do with PZ's caterpillars. Yeah. Oh. Well, see, that, see what you have to, you have to dial in your growing techniques and your growing and the genetics you use to the area. Uh, I mean, Cannabis grows all over the world except Antarctica, and I bet someone in Antarctica has got an indoor grow in his closet too. But in terms of outdoor, it just grows all over the world. And so uh, the idea is this is one of the most adaptable plants. Uh, Now, the question is maybe in that situation, because you have a shorter season, maybe you want to try auto flowering seeds, right, that have a a distinct, totally predictable time of of flowering and so on and finishing. Uh, the other thing is you want to, you know, check your soil and have it soil tested before you go. And you want to test the minerals for the soil. And you also want to do a microbial biological life soil to see if there's fungi in there are the good ones. If there's bacteria in there, is it the good stuff? And, and if it's not, then what do you do to take care of it? And then you, you know, you amend it with various things. And there's like also, you know, chemical and, and, and powdered amendments, but you can also go in the in regenerative direction and start feeding it organic matter. And so uh, the more organic matter you put in and the more healthy your planet is, the more it's able to uh, res- resist all sorts of other diseases and pathogens that might want to mess with it, right? So uh, what I would say is you really want to find the genetics that uh, have things that have adapted to be resistant to the typical agricultural problems in your area, right? And uh, right. and then, you know, find out about companion planting and uh, things of that nature. So, you know, you got your work cut out for you, so that's what I got to say. But, you know, I'm we're already in, con- in connection with a bunch of people who are uh, starting outdoor sun-grown gardens in New Jersey and New York. And, uh, you know, I mean, th- you grow wheat, you grow oats, you grow corn all over New York. I know because that's where I grew up. And, and you should certainly get cannabis to grow out there. Come on. You got long, hot summers. You got rain. And then you got a dry, har- dry fall. We have, a, we have no rain all summer and we have a kind of a wet fall. So, and, and so there are all these different ways that you have to adapt what you're growing to your climate. And it might take you three years or so to really figure it out. We're still figuring it out here, tell you the truth. <laughs> You know, and, and getting back to that wetness part again, I just want to say you're going to want to keep a closer eye out for mold and other pathogens that could come from that yeah. all throughout the season. Where we only do that because we don't, we're so dry out here. It's during um, harvest itself. Yeah, it, yeah. It, things, the big fat buds yeah. will get moldy, but just keep a close eye out. Now you got to watch out for root rot too. Yeah, if absolutely. you, if you don't, you don't have soil that has pretty good drainage, you know, the clay content has 
has to be. And that's when you want what they call loam, which is a nice mixture of sand and clay and minerals and, and or the organic matter. And the key thing is just keep adding more organic matter. Uh, and some of the people that I really respect in the, in the regenerative farming movement, uh, Nick and Elizabeth up in Oregon and so on, I forget the name of their farm, but, you know, I asked them, what's the key thing? He says, wood chips. That's all he said. What's the key thing to start organic uh, regenerative farming? Wood chips. Wood and chips. what that means is where you live, there's always branches falling. There's always stuff falling down, breaking. And you want to get that and make it into wood chips. Throw your stalks from your cannabis in. Throw in your vegetables and your leaves and your grass. and all. Just take all the organic stuff and just keep piling on your garden. And eventually, uh, you know, it's going to work. Yep. Nikki and Swami, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the show today and for answering my question. Peace and love to you both. <laughs> oh, nice to meet you. Right love. back at you, brother. <laughs> yeah, the phone lines are open, guys. <clears throat> 860-384-7110. That's 860-384-7110. If you have a question for Swami and Nikki, um, we do have a question from the chat that came in asking when growing fully organic, <clears throat> how do you go about knowing different nutrient availability levels during specific times to be able to push the plant to higher potential? Good question. Wow. That's uh, I have to question. kind of read that, uh, <laughs> about knowing different nutrient availability. During, well, that's the thing. Um, there's certain, if we go basically on the NPK method, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium method, uh, you can, uh, you know, to say that, which I don't really do that much anymore, but it's an easy way to start. In the vegetative state of growing, when the plant is still getting up to its size, before it starts to bud up, which happens here uh, sometime in, in early August, but in that time up to there, it needs a higher percentage of nitrogen and smaller, you know, like, so it would be an ideal thing that you could get uh, and I don't know how, you know, it would be an, uh, a, a nine nitrogen, a two phosphorus and a two or one potassium, right? But now we're not doing it that way. <laughs> so what you do is you make compost teas. And with the compost oh. tea, then you put in like the alfalfa meal or worm casting, you put in some compost. At a certain point, you might put fish hydrosis. And it's that compost tea that you're going to do. So there, you can look up online with various, consult with various people in from vegetative growth, from whatever they're starting, April, March, until they really start to flower in August. You want to give them a, a compost tea that really promotes the vegetative growth with new nitrogen, right? And it'll have the other things as well. And then once the plant starts to flower, generally it's said you want to pull back on the nitrogen and add more of the phosphorus because phosphorus is one of the things that ha causes the you know, plants to fruit or flower and so on. And then the, 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 the potassium is always about the strength of the branches and the plant and so on. So the thing is, what you want to do is have this test done for your soil. And then you probably know in the beginning how that's going to be. And then you adjust your formula for your compost tea. And mind you, if it's very, very cold out, say it's like in the, in the 40s and so on, you're going to want to brew that tea for, for more like 48 or even 72 hours. But if it's a really hot, sunny day, you're probably only going to brew it for, for about 24 hours because what you're doing is you're bubbling up. That's what brewing is. You bubble up oxygen from like in a fish tank, and that increases the oxygenation of the plant. And you now have an aerobic, aerobic mixture where all the, all the microbial life is multiplying by fast. And under a microscope, you can see thousands and thousands of little things after 24 hours where before you could only see a few. 
So you're putting life through oxygen into the microbial life in the tea, and you change the formula according to the phase of the plant and what time of year it is. All right, SMAC, I hope that answers your question. I hope the questions keep coming in. I got to ask you guys, we talked about, uh, you know, we're talking about cannabis and 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 different techniques. And I got to know, you guys are in an area where there's obviously an abundance of cannabis and a bunch of growers. And it's just, it, it's, it's the life out there in the Emerald Triangle. Everybody knows that, who knows anything about the Emerald Triangle. But what is it, though, that sets your guys' stuff apart from hundreds of other guy, growers? I mean, you, I mean, you guys are, are definitely, I would say, the top of the, you know, echelon when it comes to that. What, what sets it apart? Is it a technique? Is it, you must be doing something different. I don't want to give away your secrets, but I'm just wondering, you know, I just, what is it that sets you guys apart? Maybe just in your head. Well, what was, what is it that makes you guys, you know, the, the go-to or the bar, I would say. I think it's the sacred juju we put on it, you know? Yes. It's like, really, it's just called loving the plants and, um, yeah, I think that, although a lot of other growers do that too. Um, yeah, I, I have to say a lot of other growers, the more you live up in the mountains and the more you go cramps, the more spiritual you get about the plant and you start to, do, you know, attribute high consciousness to the plant and everything around you. Of course, with other uh, uh, psychic allies and aids along the way, for sure. But see, see, because up here we also not only have growers, but we have people who are making uh, potions and salves and tinctures and ointments and edibles and all that. And we call them lovingly, we call them the heel witches. These people who for <laughs> many, 20, 40, 50 years have been making these potions. And now the problem is that big farmers is going to steal them all from those people. But so there's that been going on too. And then the breeders up here, we have to say also are sort of a different group than, than the cultivators, right? And then we have the hash makers as well. And they've uh, you know, taking things up to super high level in terms of these, you know, solventless, uh, all these rosins and resins and all. It's hard to even keep track of all the things they call it these days. I right? know there's so many. But yeah, exactly. So uh, these are things that, uh, how did we get to where we are? Uh, I think that there's, you know, a lot of that stuff about the, the spiritual, yes, for sure. But you see, Part of it is also that Nikki worked at the San Francisco Chronicle and worked in television for a while. And uh, I also did media studies at, at Penn at Annenberg. So we know how to be on camera, for example, right? right. We know how to write. We know how to, and we also know how to talk to the people in the news world. So we were able to create a brand. Nikki was so brilliant and say, you know, first of all, we took a picture of me on the tractor, right? And then we took a picture of me just out and oh, let's put it on a T-shirt. And that was what? I don't know, 2010 or 20. Come on, how can you go wrong? Right. So and, and after that, when the brand was born, just kind of like having fun, it was just kind of like, oh, what are we going to do? Put my face on a T-shirt. Then we put it on the jar and so on. And so we started really early. And we tried to teach people also to say, if you, you have to put a face on your farm, you have to create a brand and a story, and, and you have to sort of have some sort of, uh, you know, really authentic thing that, that, that you're doing, right? 
And so uh, that's part of it, too. It's not just the God and goddesses that, you know, we're always improving and, you know, we do make mistakes and so on. But we're always trying to be more regenerative, more harmonious with our environment. And so we're always learning that way. And not that other people aren't doing that, too. There's a whole movement up here of people environmentally, ecologically, regenerative up here. It's big up here. And so we have to, because where we live, it's so beautiful. We want to keep it beautiful. You know, I think another thing just came to mind to this question. It's okay. interesting. Is that, you know, like I was saying, we we know wonderful people up here who moved up here in the 70s from the city to start growing weed and living the, you know, off the grid lifestyle. And they, um, you know, they just have such skills. They've taught us a lot. You know, they really do. They know a whole lot. But um, you know, amazing things. But what they didn't have is, um, it's not like the desire, but they didn't have, you know, they were just focused on their life. They weren't coming from the city wanting to like share the word. And Swami and I are both into educating and that's a difference. So we've put ourselves out there and we decided a conscious decision several, many years ago that, you know, let's, let's talk about this. It still wasn't legal at all. And we were just like, Someone's got to stand up for this plant. Someone's got to talk for her. And what do we got to lose? We're kind of the oldest people up here in the circle of growers almost. And, you know, come on, let's just do it. Maybe someone will listen to us. we got gray hair. So, um, yeah. so well, we started to do that. You well, know? The first time I went to the local county board of supervisors to speak, at a big meeting and my knees were shaking, literally my knees were shaking. And I walk up to the podium, they give you three minutes to say your thing. And I, and I say, the first thing I say is, hello, I'm a cannabis grower. I live up in the mountains, right? And then I, you know, and then from then on, every day, every time I went down and for a couple of years, it was uh, twice a month, uh, I would lecture them on, hey, listen, you folks, we have a worldwide reputation in the Emerald Triangle in Mendocino County for growing the best, best cannabis in the world, right? Yep. If we had a reputation for having the best cheese or the best wine or the best sheep or whatever it was, you would be pushing us, advertising us. I'd be the president of the Chamber of Commerce, and you'd be ruling us tax, tax relief and all that sort of stuff. But no, you're persecuting us. But why? We are the backbone of the economic backbone of this county. And uh, so far, they really haven't listened. Because yeah. now the number of people who aren't growing anymore, uh, we don't even know. It's like huge, huge numbers of people have stopped growing because they're economically not feasible with all the taxes, the rules, the regulations, the money we have to come up to become compliant, the improvements we have to make and so on. So people are literally dropping out uh, in amazing numbers. And so the whole economy of this area is starting to uh, to change and who knows where it's going to go from here. So uh, who knows, we may be all emigrating to Connecticut to grow <laughs> go weed over there i don't know uh, listen i would love i would love for the you know have you come back we can take a stroll through wesleyan oh we got a phone call let's take that in real quick i love a good phone call to be blunt what's your name where are you calling from hey what's up it's normal mom's club how are you what's going on normal mom's club you are live hey. on air with swami and nikki what hey i just wanted to shout out to swami nikki i think that is amazing like how much you have grown um, and just brought light to like Mendocino and the Emerald Triangle. I lived out there a long time ago and I totally agree. There's so many great growers that have like stopped growing because of economics and stuff. And there's so much knowledge up there that's been there for so long. Um, and I just want to express gratitude to um, you guys for really, you know, bringing that to light and just, you know, keeping the history alive. 
Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that comment. And uh, yeah, we're just doing what little bit we can. And uh, hey, we are history at this point. I realized the other day. You know, oh, and, come on. You can say you've been smoking and selling weed for over fifty years. Yeah. That makes you history, I guess. Oh, that makes you but legendary. I want to say there was something about our culture That's up right. here. There was something very special about the culture up in the Emerald Triangle all over, and that was because it was a secret culture. It was totally underground and totally it was all based on trust. And if someone, yeah. maybe some mice ate your, your starts or something like that, all the other farmers, they'd give you uh, starts. The first time we moved up here, my friend, uh, I can't mention his name. He wouldn't like that. Gave us uh, like 25 starts and they were all female ready to go. And he said, here, everybody up here does this. So you better start. Right. And so and then other times, you know, someone, you know, they get busted or something like that. So everyone gives that farmer all their shake. And so that farmer can make hash. We just took care of each other. We gave each other seeds. We gave each other plants. And that was, and we had to because it was, you know, it was really seriously jail time for that, right? So I, right. I think I call it the Harry Potter culture, right? We were the wizards up here with this magic plant and we had to be totally secret, but we mixed totally in with all the muggles who were straight, right? See, but now the thing is we have to understand that we're bringing our magic flower to the muggles, right? And so we have to kind yeah. of educate them how they can best use it and how they can support us and realize the real magic. I mean, literally the real magic that's in this plan and all the way that, that we prepare it and use it and so on. <laughs> Thank you so much. That it's, it's so beautiful to hear from somebody out there and just that mindset. Um, I really appreciate you guys. I had to put my kids to bed, but I just really wanted to thank you guys. And thank you, PZ, for having them thanks on. Thanks for saying hello. Oh, don't thank me. Yeah. Thank them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Bye-bye. I got to say, just just getting back to the, the question I originally asked you guys about what set you guys apart, and I can tell you, just from talking to you guys, I can tell you both just have a very certain charisma about you, about you, right? And I can see why you guys are not only the backbone of the economic end of it, but also the community up there, because you guys are, you that charisma lends to you being very outspoken and being able to be the face and the voice of, you know, the voiceless pretty much out there. You know, there's a lot of people out in the area who don't have a voice, and you guys have provided them that for years through your work. And I just want to say it's just amazing, absolutely amazing. And it's Thank you. your success Thank you. and your brand, and 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 obviously you just had, you have the man right there. That face is definitely belongs on a T-shirt. I got to tell you that. <laughs> Exactly. Let, let me yeah, ask totally. you this: is an off off topic question. What's your, what's your favorite strain? What's your favorite? What's your favorite? <laughs> I gotta That's ask you. Well, like, like any proud parent, I love all my children. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> but it's actually. Which one do I like right this moment? Which one do I like at what time of day? Uh, which one do I like uh, that, you know, I need to get up and go to work? Which one do I want to go to sleep and so on? And mostly since I do everything pretty much intuitively. So I just reach down, pick up a jar. There's 15 jars next to me. I don't know how many. Yes. different, Right. <laughs> Plus people always give me flour and so on. So I pick it up, smell it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the one. 
And I might not even know the label of what it is on it, you know. So, so I mean, but that's a privilege that I have as a farmer. And also, as I say, people are constantly giving me, uh, uh, actually, I'm going to make a shout out to my friend, Marty Wana. He gave me some buds for my birthday and I smoked one and it was okay. And then I smoked a second one just yet today, yesterday. And it was killer, Marty. I mean, I love it and it's really flavorful. So, uh, anyway, nice. I, nice, Marty. we got to support each other, you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the other thing I was going to say about um, about when you were asking, you know, how we're, who, how we're different in the community or something, it's sort of like, you know, the fact that we are older again, it means that like, you know, look at us, folks. We've been like doing this for a long, long time and we're perfectly healthy. So for them to go out and tell you that this is anything but good medicine. We're pretty good examples, you know, so <laughs> yeah. that's, that's we have a, we're showing, we have a clean you know? diet and so on. It works. Uh, I want to ask this question, answer this question that's online here. Where are you sourcing your genetics these days? And uh, that's a very, very, very good question. And there are also some confusion. We buy, get a lot of our seeds from Humboldt Seed Company, Nat Pennington. He's a dear old friend, dear old friend. And he, he's got one strain that he made for us. It's really special called Secret Samadhi. But we get Magic Melon and we get, uh, what's the other one? Strawberry uh, Don cheese. Carlos. Don strawberry Carlos cheese and strawberry. Yeah. So we get a lot of seeds from him. And then there's a, a friend of ours who's a, a local regenerative farmer. And he gets us seeds. That's uh, Heart Rock, mm -hmm. Daniel, uh, Daniel yeah. Morfid. And then uh, we've also had seeds from uh, Carl and Jacob up in, up in uh, what's in uh, Trinity Flower, Days, Flower and, Days and so on. Uh, but we are doing some more. Now, the other thing is we're, we're also associated with, with Homegrown Seed Company. And these seeds, this is their Gorilla Glue cross with uh, pine, uh, uh, grapefruit. grapefruit, right? Oh. And it's also very lovely. You know, we, don't, we, you, we grow their seeds to test them, right? But they make the seeds. So we say, okay, we grew it out. It's really wonderful and so on. And then they, they then they then sell it. But there's also, I just have to say this online. There is another uh, person called Swami. He sells Swami seeds and he's from Oregon. So we don't actually make seeds to sell. We, we've worked with Homegrown Seed Company and, and BBG Seeds and so on. But the guy who's selling Swami seeds, he's not us. But I will say... Everybody says they're good seeds. <laughs> so we wish you wouldn't use their name, but if they were bad seeds, I'd be really upset. Right? There's some kind of trademark thing in there, right? Seeds, so, uh, you know, I don't want to make a big stir and so on and so forth. So, But remember, if you we don't actually sell seeds as Swami Select the, and so, so on. But we do breed them occasionally. If we have something we really like, we'll yeah. mix it up and then put it yeah, in Yeah, we have some of our own, like we have one that a friend gave us we're working on, uh, and that's uh, Mendo Pacalolo is going to be coming out next year or something like that. So uh, we also do crosses and breeding and so on. Oh, and then this this is a cool thing I want to tell you. It's something we're going to do um, this year. We've just planted it. So there's this cultivar called Orange Turbo that was bred by our friend uh, Django, who is... We've known Django since he was a little boy. He was basically born into the same hippie commune we hung out with in the hate. Okay. And Django grew up and became a very, very good breeder for a company called MTG Seeds. And he had this one crud he did called Orange Turbo, probably about over 10 years ago about. And we grew some out here and it was awesome. And Frenchie Cannoli saw that flower when we grew it. And he said, oh, I have to put this into my hashish. And so he <laughs> took it. And he made what he claimed till the day he died, rest in peace, um, was his favorite hash ever. Oh, was wow. out of this orange turbo. So the other thing is that 
Django, the young man who bred the orange turbo, sadly died from Lyme's disease over many years. Um, he died about, about almost a year before Frenchie. So we decided that this year we were going to, we went to Fran, uh, Django's wife and she still had some of those orange turbo seeds. So we got some of these orange turbo seeds and we've planted them and we're going to grow it out. And Frenchie Cannoli's protege, because Frenchie's no longer with us, um, Belle is going to make that into hash. And then the um, we'll still have some of the flower, which was incredible as well, the orange turbo flower. And so we're doing it all in honor of Frenchie and, and uh, Django. And now since we had this idea and then we were talking to Kimberly, Frenchie's wife, and she thought it was a great idea. So she put it on Frenchie's vast, vast social network. From what I hear, it's now being grown this summer. We started a whole thing. It's like at least 50 countries around the world, different people are growing this orange turbo. Wow. And we're gonna we're all kind of reporting in about it. And like, you know, it starts in some places much earlier, up here much later. And just see at the end what we all get out of the end of it. So it's turned into a worldwide project. That's amazing. It's kind of cool. And that is very cool. Make hash from it. So uh, I don't know. We have to uh, go to the UN and have a smoke off of fifty <laughs> countries in orange turbo uh, hash to 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 smoke. Just make sure I get an invite to that one. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, we'll have to do it in Switzerland or something like that. I'll, I'll, I'll take the flight. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, you mentioned a homegrown uh, seed company, uh, cannabis seed company. Uh, I have a user here who says he buys the seeds from them, and they're wondering what strain you recommend for anxiety and panic attacks oh boy i can't remember exactly what oh God. we've grown so many of theirs over the years um well not so many we've probably grown about 15 different cultivars for them um yeah the one that God, comes to mind like but i this is only a joke this is only a joke <laughs> oh, no. what, what was called what was called zombie death fuck yeah. wasn't that the one <laughs> i don't know why we do that was, not please no, that's censored yeah. that's censored but no then then there were did uh neville's haze i think we did wasn't neville's that haze is pretty yeah. mellow that'll definitely chill you yeah, out and, uh, that will but, um yeah. what i would recommend you do is go onto the homegrown site or or the blimbird seed, seed site they kind of divided but they still both do it and look at the cultivars the homegrown has the cultivars with character section and you're going to find the descriptions there of what we have recommended in years past because i'm sorry i just can't remember it all off the top of my head to be <laughs> totally the best pinpointed one. Yeah. But I believe if you go to that homegrown.com, you'll find out, you know, there'll be descriptions there about what it is. You're going to look for what the terpenes are in it. That's going to be your key. That's very true. Yeah, the, yeah. The, that, that'll be best. Make yeah. sure you check out the terpenes and know which ones work best for you. Uh, I recommend usually smoking and keeping track of, you know, what kind of terpenes are in whatever you're smoking for cannabis. Right, and right, then right. noting yeah. the effect, it's almost nice to keep a journal, especially when you have, uh, mental health issues, I feel like, and stuff like that, uh, anxiety, yeah. panic attacks. I suffer from that too. So it's it's very it's good, I think, to keep uh, a nice journal and start to build out, you know, what works for you, and then yeah. you can kind of look at your strengths yeah. when you're shopping around and say, okay, this is the terpenes I know this does this for me, and it'll make your life a little easier, exactly. I think, when it comes to shopping. Yeah, and so also for a homegrown seed company, if you're going to be growing indoors then you might want to check out Kyle Cushman's recommendations. Yeah, but wait, I want to say one thing. I love you, Kyle, but for anxiety and panic attacks, I would not go near indoor. Well, I really would. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Made my heart race, remember? Every time okay. I would smoke indoor, it would make my heart race. So I really don't because that THC is too high. 
You need to have that mixed up. Exactly. You have to go back to the beginning. As you said at the start, you know. Sun right. will help you relax, that's you, for sure. You gotta get the sun growing because it's gonna it's gonna affect you a little bit. You're you're missing the compounds yeah. that you're not getting with the, the extremely high THC. And a lot of people, unfortunately, when they go to these uh events and the dispensaries and the, you know, especially when this first becomes rack out in different places, like, oh I want the, the I want the one with the highest THC on the menu, you know what I mean? And they're really yeah. missing like the point of, yeah. of what you're supposed to be looking at. And this that's just my opinion, of course. Um yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, I think they go for the bang for the buck kind of theory. You know, I only have so much money. I have to impress my girlfriend and my buddies this weekend. So that's when they want the high THC, right? So we're always teaching about, you know, see, I don't, I don't even, I think it's beyond the entourage effect. You know, cannabis has a potential of like almost a thousand different compounds, right? So if there's a thousand compounds operating in there, that's a symphony orchestra, Right. And all of those things are actually having an impact. Right. So how many different terpenes are there in any one flower? There can be seven or eight terpenes, some in very minor quantities. We got flavonoids in there and now there's ketones and alcohols. And now they're discovering this uh, what they call volatile sulfur compounds that maybe give us the gas smell. And of course, you've got the THC and the CBD and the CBG and the CBI and the CBN. So all of those things are working. Right. And if you put one that's like way up there, as Nikki said earlier, 36 percent THC, you know, or in a dab where it's 90 percent, all those other things that used to be 90 percent or 80 percent are now squished in. And so that's why, you know, for us, we're all geezers, old hippies and so on. We just love the flower. And for us, that's still the most genuine expression of the plant. You get everything it's got. And smoking joints, I'm just such an old hippie. I only smoke joints and so on. So that's when you get everything. And and uh, so, carry and But the, the key thing is just keep smoking. Keep smoking, absolutely. <clears throat> Listen, you guys. I just I don't want to keep you any longer. It's been almost an hour. We've had you on now, and I know we're all very busy people. So I just want to say I want to thank you guys so much for coming on this show tonight. Uh, it's been such a pleasure to have you and talk to uh, the the community here in New England and answer questions and just talk about your life. And I still can't believe you were in Middletown at Wesleyan, which I literally live like five minutes from right now. So like, it's absolutely just incredible how everything has worked to bring us to this moment. I just cannot thank you guys enough. So I just, from, you know, it's been an honor, honestly. Well, thank you. Thank you for letting us chatter on here. And I really appreciate all you do too, to bring the message out. We just got to keep spreading the word, and that's the education is the key. Well, I hope we can Thanks do this again. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day and your holiday weekend, and just uh, peace and love, you both. Okay. Guys, peace yeah. and love, brother. Take it easy. To be blood. <laughs> I got, like, goosebumps right now. I just talked to Swami and Nikki for, like, a whole hour. It's incredible. Oh, my God. Thank you, everyone who uh, tuned in tonight and asked the questions. And, uh, yes, I agree, Runix. That was awesome. Awesome, awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope to have them back again. I hope to smoke a joint with them one day. That'll be it. You never know. We'll see where this thing goes. I love you all. Thank you for tuning in tonight and hanging out with me and Nikki and Swami. Make sure you like, subscribe. Follow, share, you already know, To Be Blunt Podcast on all major uh, platforms. That is at To Be Blunt Podcast with the number two. Also, you can visit our brand new www.tobebluntpodcast.com. And, of course, don't forget, check out 
Swami Select on Instagram at Swami Select. And you guys already know we gotta get him to Wesley and to fly him out for an event. Yo, maybe we can get Wesley and to fly him out. We can get him to like speak at the next graduation or something. That'd be dope. Good idea, Terpene. Terrapin. Terrapin Terpene Genetics. You always got that long ass name. <laughs> I love you guys. You already know we'll see you next week with Dr. Reese. And we're going to talk about his new book, Pain and More. You already know. We're going to talk about how to use the mind to help ease pain and much more. So if you do suffer from that kind of thing, don't go anywhere. That show's going to be lit. My man knows everything. He's the former DJ at Hot 93.7 turned healer. So we're, this is going to be amazing. Don't go anywhere next week. Make sure you tune in to be blunt. I'll see you next week. Same weed time. Same weed channel.